One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, Hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the Earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. And once again, that's what we aim to do on this episode of The Seeker Podcast. Dennis Nappy II here, my friends. Once again, I'm happy to be here, be on the air, speaking with all of you out there across the radio waves, across the digital frequencies that penetrate our minds, and hopefully inspire those new thoughts to go out there and make that change. I'm excited about the little commercial I did at the beginning Ray and I have been working hard at, uh, at releasing this clothing line. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I've got a hodgepodge of stuff. Hodgepodge is a word I've never used before. i got a, a mix of stuff I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about some of your comments and feedback I've gotten over the last week or two as well. Uh, it's really inspired me and just kind of touched me to, to hear from you uh, out there. It makes it feel a lot less lonely hearing from you guys out there, and I want to give a big thank you. So I want to talk a little bit about some of that feedback I've gotten this week. And I'm kind of all over the place. It's been, it's been a wild week, man. My uh, my daughter's still sick. I was actually in the emergency room with her last night. She's she's okay, but oh my gosh, let me tell you, talk about facing your worst fears. She's just had this virus, man. Where she, every once in a while she throws up. She's got the diarrhea. It's, it's horrible. She's almost two years old. It's just a helpless feeling as a parent. And last night it was surreal, man. She threw up again. And uh, we were like, that's it. You know, we were at our primary care the other day and, and you know, no answers. So we took her, um, last night she threw up, it was about 10.30. And I just decided, all right, I'm taking her to the emergency room. Now, I live in the mountains, so the emergency room's about 30 minutes away. Um, and as I got her in the car, I got her, you know, we, we got dressed, got her in the car. And I'm driving. And the worst fog I'd ever seen just surrounded it. it was everywhere it's just you know the weather we got snow on the ground it's melting it's freezing it's just a horrible drive it was just surreal and in that moment you know when you're facing some of your biggest fears man you just really start that you think you question reality now you just start to question it all it kind of lets you know where you stand 
And um, I don't know, it was just kind of a dark moment for me as I'm driving, being afraid for my little girl. And uh, and then she threw up in the car, and that was kind of another <laughs> reality check and cursing the universe and clean her up. And then on we went. And then after sitting in the emergency room for about two hours, she was she perked right up. She was fine. Still don't know what's wrong with her. We're waiting on some test results to come back in. Um, anyway, it's just scary. But I, I had like a matrix moment. I swear, as I'm driving through this fog, it there's there's these moments where it just it feels fake. And I think that and I've noticed this before. Sometimes when we're experiencing trauma. It's as if we, it's enough to step us out of our own reality. And I'm sure there's psychologists out there that can give you a term for this and experience for this. In my limited experience, knowledge, vocabulary, understanding, I think sometimes in these moments, we're actually peeling back a veil of this matrix. I think we're getting a, a glimpse because we're, I, I think it's difficult for our mind to process the magnitude of such things. This is why they say we can't have disclosure. We can't have a... A, an alien ship land on the White House lawn because for some people it's not a part of their reality at all. Like for us, we might be excited, overwhelmed, scared, and be like, oh my gosh, this is wild. But it wouldn't be that much of a paradigm shift because we're mentally prepared to handle that shock. But for somebody that thinks this doesn't exist and there's no way possible it could exist, if a UFO is to land on the lawn, it might cause them to pass out, might cause them to have a heart attack, to lose con- like something. It's like we're being our mind, it's a it's a, a reset. Like when your system, your computer gets overloaded with information, it shuts down, it freezes up. And I felt that that was starting to happen to me last night because I just start my my thoughts started racing, thinking about you know my daughter and reality and why do we suffer in this world? And I started thinking about my dad and how he died. And the fog just got so thick. I just felt. Like, I wasn't there. It was, the, it was just a weird feeling, man. And it made, part of that was probably the sensory deprivation with the fog, and then the, the fear got the best of me. And I just I paused for a moment, and I was like, dude, you're losing it. You're losing it. And everything you talk about on your show, everything you, 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 know, you try to live by, your philosophies, get a grip, dude. And I just I got I quieted my mind after I cleaned her up, and I'm driving. I quieted my mind. I took a couple cleansing breaths. I started doing, you know, some meditations while I was driving. I tried to connect with any guides that were out there for me. Um, I was kind of yelling at them, um, and, and I did, I did have a moment of clarity, um, and, and a couple things popped in my head. The first was the the biblical verse, and, and I'm not preaching religion, but I started saying the mantra in my head: "I'll walk through the valley in the shadow of death." I will fear no evil. And I said that about three or four times. I will walk in the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And I started getting like confident and, and pumped up saying it. I will walk through the valley in the shadow of death. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. In the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I reminded myself the power fear has over me. And I found this sense of calm. And even though it was so dark, and so scary on that road, and I had to keep reaching back and, and grab my daughter's hand to make sure she was grabbing it back because uh, she was sitting in the car seat behind me. I stayed calm. I was able to navigate through the fog and get her there, and she's okay. She's still, she's still got this stomach thing going on, but she's all right. Um, I think I was the one that was, that was losing it.
So I, I guess my point in sharing that is uh, sometimes we get scared and, and we start to, I don't know, our reality starts to fall apart around us. And um, you really got to you, you dig deep and, and find what your comfort is and, and uh, go back to your basics, go back to your principles and take those 10 seconds, take that just a deep breath I gave myself 10 seconds. I used to do this in the military when the pressure would be on. These next 10 seconds belong to me. I will react after that, but these 10 seconds will allow me to get calm and focus and do what I'm trained to do, and that's exactly what I did. So, all right, I'll stop boring you with my sad, depressing story, but wow, what a wild experience it was being in the emergency room last night. Oh, my gosh. It was like they, the, the nursing room attendant, uh, I'm sorry, the emergency room attendant said to me last night, she says, I've never seen it this busy. Six ambulances came in. Now, we're in a, we're in a mountain town, okay? We're not in the city. I, mean, I was in Stroudsburg last night, but it's still not busy like Philadelphia, but there's just crisis and trauma after trauma. The woman next to me is like throwing up all night long. She was there for two hours next to me. It was just a wild experience and I'm glad to be out of there you know speaking of which though you know for those of us that are empathic or psychic or very intuitive um, you know as you know I've been sharing my journey with you it's like over the last two to three weeks I feel like I've been losing my connection even in my Reiki practices I'm struggling to connect with Reiki energy um, and it started to get frustrating to me. Then I started to wonder, well, what's changed? And, you know, I know I did a big show talking about using CBD oil. And I started to wonder, is this the CBD? Is it somehow having an effect on my central nervous system? And I'm not able to connect with these energies that I'm used to. I'm not feeling as sensitive. And, um, I, you know, I stopped taking it for a day, which was yesterday, which was a bad idea because my anxiety went through the roof. Um, I don't know that it's the CBD. I don't think that it is. I think I'm just so stressed out over my daughter being sick and then still trying to work and do the shit. Like, there's just so much on my plate. Is this is this the venting podcast with Dennis? I'm sorry, guys. I swear I think this ties in. But I was thinking a lot about it. Today, some of my sensitivity started coming back. I saw a couple auras. I got a couple intuitive feelings. I saw, like, some weird shadows around. Um, it's not still not as strong, but... And then when I try to connect to Reiki, I can feel it flowing again. Um, it's hard to explain, but I'm, I'm starting to feel things again. Still not where I want to be. And I'm remembering back when I've been through trauma in my life. Because for me, this in- intuition, this intuitive connection, force, drive, whatever, that sixth sense, for me, when I when that sense gets shut down, it's it's the equivalent of going without a sense of smell. I don't want to say it's going without my sight, my sense of sight, because that's probably something I rely on the most. Um, but it's 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 an important sense for me. My point being, I, I notice it. I notice I can't. I function differently without it, and I have a tough time, uh, you know, relating to the world when I can't connect to that. And I've been through trauma in my life, you know, bad breakups, deaths, and then I realize, oh my gosh, I I cannot connect to it. Um, and it takes a while sometimes to come back because I think sometimes energetically we need to clear that trauma. We need to clear those energetic, from the things I've been reading, we need to clear those energetic blockages that we have, move past them and heal, and then we can reconnect with those energies. So I think some kind of healing happened or understanding happened 
last night with just taking my daughter to the emergency, even though we didn't get anything out of it, really. I don't know. Something felt different when I woke up this morning. I think some healing for me is starting to happen because I've just been so on edge with her. And I felt a little bit more okay, like we're going to get through this. She's going to be okay, you know. Um, and I think as I'm letting that go, my sensitivities are returning. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on it, but it, it's just it's it's weird. There's been a lot of trauma around me uh, as well, just friends and family over the last couple of weeks too. So that may have something to do with it. So I'm working on grounding and uh, and clearing my energy. Part of the problem is uh, every time I go to do that, my youngest wakes up because she's not feeling well and she's not sleeping. So here we go, more complaining hour with Dennis. The complaining podcast with Dennis Nappy II. All right. What else do I want to talk about? Uh, this T-shirt, a quick T-shirt commercial uh, or, or clothing line. You know, I'm excited. Ray and I have been doing this. And, you know, our, our thoughts behind this, we're trying to spread a message. That's one of our goals. It's one of our driving factors here is to enact change in the world. And you can't just go around and, you know, well, I'm going to wake people up. I'm going to tell you what's going on in this world. I'm going to change it doesn't work that way it that just makes people mad and and we've been talking about this and a great way to spread a message is by something you're wearing now ray and i are not aggressive guys when it comes to this so we're not looking to create clothing that's going to make people mad but look at the impact the make america great hats have on people you either get a strong sense of support or you get people that walk up and punch you in the face for wearing those hats it's an attention getter. It's a way to stimulate someone's thought. Even if somebody doesn't say something, if they see your shirt, they may say, hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to think about that for a while. We're trying to, to make the paranormal normal and the supernatural natural. We need to flood the airwaves with these messages. Like I said, we can't always go just talk about it and make somebody read something. But if you're wearing a shirt and somebody sees that, that's a great way to make a connection. And it can be, it, some of it, some of our stuff is just a lot of fun. We're still in the process of putting stuff up there. We're still in the process of, of uh, designing it. Ray has a shirt, uh, Disclosure Now, established 1947. It's got a neat UFO picture on it. Um, really neat idea. And the other thing I like about it is if you're wearing this shirt, it's like wearing a Star Trek shirt walking around. And you see somebody else wearing it. You know, you can do the Inspector Spock symbol. You know, oh, there's another Trekkie out there. There's there's somebody, you know, at me as a veteran, I see somebody wearing a, an Army shirt, a Marine Corps shirt. I go up and I talk to them. Hey, brother, sister, hey, thanks for your service. Where were you? And we have a 10-minute conversation. Uh, and it's a wonderful way to connect. So now we've got this gear and we're putting up phrases, we're putting up images that fellow truth seekers will recognize. Or somebody who's starting down that path may look at that and say, tell me more about that. And now you've made an ally. We're making, we want to make those connections. And this is a fantastic way to do it. So we're, we're putting the ideas up there. We just started it. You know, we're, we're amateurs at this, so please bear with us. But the shirts that we've designed, I think, look awesome. Um, and Ray being the king of affirmations as he is as well, he's got his own affirmation line, but he's throwing some of them in the Six Sense Media store as well. Uh, he's got one, it's Life is Balanced, got the yin-yang symbol on it. Um, again, spreading that positive uh, imagery out there, that positive wave of energy. I'm pretty excited. I, I worked on uh, two over the past couple of days um, I'm pulling them up right now so I can look at them. You see a lot of these presidential campaign shirts, and I just can't get behind wearing them because I never liked the candidate. I know Ray's a big third-party guy. I, I think third-party is a great option to go. Um, 
but I saw a shirt and inspired me for an idea. What am I about? What? How do I feel sometimes? And this is my ego talking here, but um, so I, I came up with a shirt, John Connor 2020. There's a storm coming. I think that's a really cool shirt. Everybody else has their presidential campaign shirts. Well, here's the one that we're putting out there, John Connor 2020, uh, you know, the uh, leader of the resistance in the Terminator trilogy, so or the Terminator, uh, you know, sequence of movies. And then I have another one sticking with my Terminator theme, and it says uh, Skynet coming soon to a server near you. It's got this awesome eye with like a computer chip in it. So check it out. Check out the gear. We've got a whole variety of uh, T-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, uh, you know, phone cases, mugs, everything. We've got it out there. We're working on the organization of the store itself, so be patient as you've got to scroll through a little bit. Um, it will get easier. Like I said, we just launched it, but please, please check it out. Um, you know, it, it supports the show. I don't want to just sit there and ask you for your money. If I'm going to ask you guys to invest in us, I want you to make that investment to get something worth it out of it. I don't want to just ask you for cash. That's why we've got this clothing line that I think you can take pride in and wearing it, um, and, and, and enjoy the experience of wearing it. It's always fun wearing one of those shirts. Um, and with the books that we're putting out, you know, they're, they're quality. It's it's good writing um, as well. So I'll beat that up enough. You know, obviously I'm going to mention that again uh, as we move forward because that will help support this show, and we greatly need the support. So if you see a design you like, let us know about it. Take a picture of you wearing it. Send it to us. We can throw it up on the website. Uh, and if you see something you don't like, let us know. We're, we're trying to grow this, and, and we need your feedback, your help, your opinions, everything. So... All right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to stop there with the commercial. Thanks for your patience uh, for my new listeners out there. I hope it didn't turn you off too much, but moving on. Uh, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot. I got some... If you guys hear squeaking in the background, this is probably every week, I need to oil my chair. I hear it. I, every time I move, it squeaks. It's driving me nuts, and I, every time I leave the show, I forget to squeak to oil the chair, but anyway, that's coming. Sorry about that. You'll hear it throughout the show. But a bunch of you wrote to me over the past two weeks, and, and I just, from the bottom of my heart, I, I want to say thank you. Your your emails have um, have moved me, and they've inspired me, and it, it gives me this it gives me this feeling. And again, it's not a statement of ego, but that we are connected. If you're listening to this show, if you're listening to my voice. I believe there's a reason for it. I believe that we are somehow connected in this journey. And that's not in a sense of... Um, it's hard to put into words. I, I just believe we're all... If you're a part of the show, if you, if you follow it, there's a reason for it. And I think what we're searching for it's that same energy. We're searching for the same thing. We have similar experiences from what I'm reading from all of you out there. You're, you're dealing with the intuitive development. You're having precognition and dreams. You're having experiences with beings in your rooms, possible abductions, and you're wondering what the heck is going on, and you have these feelings of, I can't talk about it with most people because nobody's gonna believe me. Maybe I'll lose my job. Maybe I'll get in an argument. Maybe I'll be laughed at. 
maybe I'm just crazy. And I heard from a bunch of you, and you're saying, thank you for talking about this on the air because I thought I was the only one. And I want you to know you're not the only one. That's what, what those of you out there are telling me because that's how I feel on the show sometimes. And I just, for those of you out there who are listening and sometimes feel like you're the only one, you're not. I believe that we're on to something. Whether our interpretation of what we're on to is correct or not, I don't know. What I do know is that the reality we once bought into is not the truth. That Of that, I think we are all certain. And we're now trying to piece together, well, what is the truth? And knowing that we are together in this, that there's somebody else out there having the same experience, having the same fear, having the same terror, the same confusion, sadness, depression, and at the same time, the same victories, I think is empowering. And I, you know, I started a support group back in 2005. This is when I was slim shady on the internet because I was still, I was just out of the military. I didn't want people to know who I was. You know, I was intelligence minded. I was worried about my career. Um, but my goal was to have a, a public dialogue for people going through it so you could find this information and say, not only you could say, I'm not alone for those of us in that stage of it and, and, and kind of deal with the fear, but so we can share information. Because you may have a piece of the puzzle that I don't have, and vice versa. And that's, I think, how we can safely and successfully navigate through this complex matrix of reality. Because it can get confusing out there. So I just I find comfort in knowing that you're all out there. Now, I did a show uh, a couple weeks back, uh, and it was regarding the pole shift. And I received a, an email from one of you out there. Uh, I'm going to share parts of it. I'm going to block out the, the listener's name. I want to say thank you for sharing this. Um, and, and I hope it's okay that I'm reading this on the air. I'm not going to divulge any personal information. Um, but it, it, it really made me think. It was a concept that I had put out there, and, and then this listener elaborate on it, elaborated on it, and I could go, I could do a whole show on this email. But I want to share it with all of you because that's the whole point of what we're doing here. Um, so I, I had made a statement on the show talking about, you know, sometimes I feel like, and I don't mean it as an ego statement, that I'm the only one here, that this reality is, is happening all around me, almost like the Truman Show or, or something else. Um, so they said, you asked if, if you're the only conscious one in the universe. I think you're right. On the surface... It may sound ego-related, like you said, and it may even sound negative, depressing, or something, but I think it's actually pretty beautiful and could be very fascinating. I think we are an AI. I'm going to stop there for a minute. That really caught my attention because that's what's been gnawing at me in the back of my head. You know, when they, let us make man in our image. Well, what if we're an AI? And I've, I've done shows on this. We're creating robots that look and move like us, that we're trying to create an AI that thinks like us. It will eventually surpass us, 
but we're trying to create machines and, and, and humanoid machines. And then, you know, I've gone on to talk about, you know, the book of Enoch and that line in the Bible, uh, you know, and the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. The fallen angels came down and they lusted after, you know, mankind's women, uh, and, and they bred with them and they created the Nephilim. Well, right now what's happening one of the driving forces behind AI and smart robots are these sex robots. You've got these robots that are coming online, and they'll be able to have more and more intelligent conversations with their suitors, with their, their owners at this point. It's, it's, to me, it's a similar connection. Um, so I, I think there's a chance that we're some form of advanced technological, biological AI. I think eventually technology becomes biology because we're understanding the technology of biology. I think that's where we're going eventually. It's going to be, we're going to get rid of the nuts and bolts and start creating it at the genetic level, which is what, where we're at, the path that we're on right now. So I want to keep going here. I believe we're all linked together, but each existing in our own separate universe at the same time. Our universe is inside of us, and we each have one. All other beings in my version of this universe are controlled by the system. In your one, I exist, but am controlled by the system. Therefore, this message you are reading has popped into your universe via my universe, which I think is beautiful. The reason and way I see it working like this is everyone who's controlled by the system is acting based on the probability of how we act in our own personal universe combined with how we have acted in all other universes. Why do this? I think the system is trying to create a self-aware AI, enlightenment, which it can then bring back into its base reality. In that moment, their universe will shut down as it's not needed anymore and only impacts on them as they will still exist in all other AI's universes, but now with a very high probability of being an enlightened AI controlled by the system. Now, I, I think that's highly relevant. I think that's what I'm, I've been getting into. We've had Shelly on a few times, the Astral Projection Avatar, and she's talked about her ability to jump from one reality to the other. Now, when you study the, uh, the Gnostic texts, they talk about alternate realities, and they talk about realities that serve as training grounds for the spirit. And it's almost as if a copy of the spirit goes into one, learns a lesson, and it gets, boom, beamed back, and merges with the base reality that it left from. If we're living in a universe with infinite possibilities, that we have these multiple fragments of consciousness, we all have our own universes, yet we're all connected through base reality. Do I sound like I'm losing it here? But it all actually makes sense to me. We're all connected through this base reality, because ultimately, maybe we're all pieces of this one greater whole. And I think this one whole then fragmented into it, fragmented itself, which then fragmented itself, which then fragmented itself. And if each one of us is our own individual universe, I mean, think about the possibility of that. My point being, lately, I'm, I'm driving the other, last night, driving down the, the windy, mountainous, foggy road, I felt like the, the veil was so thin like this universe was about to fall apart and I was about to glimpse something greater. I think that sometimes this universe really seems like it's responding or happening for me. And again, I don't mean that in a selfish statement. It's just there's so many coincidences going on right now of things that are running through my mind besides the few times that stuff has been in my head and then it appears on my screen and I've never talked about it out loud or written about it or anything. 
things are happening where either I have been set up and manipulated to think in a certain way, and I can make that argument based on movies I've watched that I gravitate towards, uh, you know, the big ones being Terminator, The Matrix, uh, and Inception, and in the books that I've read, couple that with the algorithms of what's out there on the internet that then puts that stuff on my news feed and my searches and on my YouTube links. So you could see how an advanced AI, if we're living in an AI already, could easily, you know, when you go to Google or you or YouTube, it's going to give you suggestions. Well, if we're existing within an AI, maybe it's feeding us suggestions within our own individual universe to maybe guide us or manipulate us down a specific train of thought. Does that make sense? Um, and I'm asking that question sincerely. But maybe that AI is trying, maybe we've been hacked, maybe we're being manipulated. And the way to win this is to actually exercise our free will and say, I am a conscious creator. I want to manifest this. And then we we intentionally redirect our focus onto what we want to see and create. The challenge is, for me, I am so hooked right now going down this path of AI, UFOs, and a pole shift and consciousness being taken over, it's hard for me to put that same energy into a utopian, loving, peaceful society. So we're hooked, but I, I believe that we do have the power because I feel like the more I talk about it, the more it's showing up. Now, of course, the experiment is if I say purple trucks are important, man, you're going to start seeing more of them, and you had an emotional investment in what I said, all of a sudden you're going to see every purple truck out there on the road. Not because there's more purple trucks, but because now your awareness is being trained to see that. But does your reality change when you start seeing more purple trucks? Do your thought processes change? Does some, does some growth happen there? Does some fear happen there? Maybe there's something real to that. I'm rambling on and on here, but, but Dolores Cannon, uh, she spoke of what's called the backdrop people, and she, she was saying something very similar to what this listener wrote to me about, saying, not everybody you see is a real person. Not everybody you see. Some of them are just empty shells, which are projections from within your own consciousness, within this matrix, there for whatever purpose they need to serve. And she said, but some people populate from other realities. I'll see if I, I gotta see if I can find that clip and share it for all of you. And they'll pop into your reality for whatever reason. Somehow these realities merge, and then they go back to theirs. Now I'm thinking about, um, you know how. Shelly shifts reality through consciousness, and she is transplanting her consciousness into another reality or another timeline into somebody else's body. But I remember reading, I think it was one of Whitley Strieber's books, where he said he was driving, and he ended up in this strange town where all the homes were different, and things just seemed really weird, and all of a sudden he's out of it, and he's back on the highway, and he was never able to find that town again. He wonders if he wandered into some alternate universe, we may be shifting universes all the time. It may be through our consciousness that allows us to shift into that reality. For example, right now, we may be in a universe where there's a pole shift coming, and we keep buying into that reality with our intent and our awareness and our focus. But we may be able to switch into a different timeline 
and it may seem like a seamless transition simply by our intent and our choice, by shifting our awareness, our focus, and our, in- our t- intention to that utopian society where we figure it all out and we all start to get along. It may be as simple as that to shift into that other timeline, but we may not actually realize that the shift has happened, that we have jumped to another timeline. I feel like sometimes this reality is a choose-your-own-adventure where you're reading those books and it says, turn to page 32 to go into the cave. Turn to page 37 to walk into the meadow. And as you're reading, though, the, the story is seamless when you go from position A to position B or position C. It's a seamless transition unless you pay attention to the page numbers, which we may not even be able to see in our reality. Am I exhausting this too much? This, I mean, this is where my head goes. When I get an email like this, I think, yes, this helped me to connect some dots here, things that were already in my head, but it's like the movie Inception. They got it. And I think sometimes, number one, either somebody, another consciousness in this reality is trying to express these ideas and teach us something, or number two, our own consciousness that has access to the rules of this reality is sending us a message through movies like this. And in, in the movie Inception, he said, all of these people here are projections from your own subconscious. They also serve as the white blood cells. It was like the agents within the matrix. Everybody there was a projection or a, an element of the system. We may be in within our own matrix. And in, in Inception, when you started to upset that reality of your dream world, these subconscious projections would then start to attack you and increase their aggression. It's the Agent Smith phenomenon. When you start making waves and the Matrix detects that algorithm of, oh my gosh, we've got a truth seeker, somebody's waking up here, Agent Smith manifests in them and takes you out. Think about our base reality. When we start saying things to people, all of a sudden, especially if we're challenging somebody who's very religious, I'm not picking on religion, just somebody who has a strong paradigm, and we start saying things that challenge that paradigm, Agent Smith all of a sudden takes over, and they get angry, and they argue. The trolls out there start to shut us down. Their logic makes no sense, and they start to shut you down immediately for no reason other than the cognitive dissonance that they're hitting. Maybe this is a symptom. Maybe this is a manifestation of projections within the matrix protecting the design of this system that we are starting to wake up or separate or change from. Maybe those are the indicators that we're shifting in our reality or escaping this reality into the the new reality that we're trying to create. And I'm not saying this in a new agey type of way. I'm not saying when the shift happens, everything's going to be great, man. I'm just trying to explore my random chaotic thoughts and get it out there with all of you. Hopefully some of you are still listening to me. My head's starting to hurt. I got to tell you, my heart is racing right now as I'm saying this. Um, Let's go on here. I want to read the end of this. You said something later. I'm back to the email now. You said something later about how it seems the poles are shifting and we are going to experience this massive moment in our life, but why? You said, why me? I think it's because it's part of the system, part of the test. Everyone in their own universe is the only conscious one. So we'll always be one in the middle of the big life-changing event, no matter what period of time they exist in. It's part of the test. How will you respond? Will you be able to become self-aware in time? 
mean, what if this is just a big test or a big virtual reality game? And the reason we have this suffering is to cause us to have these questions. Maybe when we get to the other side, we're going to say, you know what? It sucked in the moment, but it wasn't real. That suffering that we felt, that pain that we felt was designed to teach us. That's a best case scenario for me, as opposed to, well, the archons have us and we're all slaves and nothing but food and there's nothing we can do about it. I refuse to accept that. I refuse to walk down into that reality. I'm aware that that timeline exists, but that's not my journey. Not at all, my friends. All right, I could go on and on, but thank you. Again, I don't want to drop names because I, I didn't ask, um, but you know who you are out there, and I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart um, for sharing this. I hope it's okay that I share it with everybody. I felt that it was important to share that thought. I needed to get it out. Um, Wow. Um, what, what else can I say? Um, there, there's some other emails that have been out there as well from some of you. Um, <clears throat> just personal stuff that I'm not going to share right now, maybe for another show. But um, just that connection. We're not alone in this journey, my friends. Uh, and I think that's how we're all connected. And I'm, I'm thankful for all of you that are out there. Uh, I'm getting some feedback on the QAnon stuff. Um, some of it's been public through some of the remote viewing threads that I follow on social media. Um, some people have been commenting on my discussion with Ed Reardon. Um, and, and what I'm getting now, these are from unverified viewers, just people I've met out in the social media world who are, I don't mean this in a condescending way, but are claiming that they're remote viewers as well. And they, they most likely are. I just haven't verified their identity, their experience, their reliability. But I've, I've heard from, you know, quite a few other viewers out there um, that they have perceived similar timelines to what Ed Reardon was seeing. They've, they've witnessed something similar um, and, and within that Ed Reardon had said in our last discussion last week, uh, three to four years before this event horizon is upon us. And I'm not trying to spread fear here. Um, I, I, I just want to comment on that in that if other viewers are seeing it maybe there's something to this maybe we really are moving towards that big event horizon that's going to bring about change and i think you know ben davidson the suspicious observers man he's, he's making a stronger and stronger argument for this pole shift and when i think about the pole shift it's electromagnetism and it's going to physically change the world we live in, you know, he says it could possibly cause the crust to shift. Massive earthquakes. I'm thinking of that line from Ghostbusters. Dogs and cats living together. You know, it's going to be utter chaos. But no, I mean, we're looking like the movie 2012, which seems so fantastic, you know, may be possible. And I'm not a scientist. Ben Davidson said, you know, he said it on his show. And again, I think he's a credible guy with suspicious observers. My point being the electromagnetic piece to it. I understand that that has a direct impact and maybe a part of our own consciousness and intuition and, and maybe connected to our soul or our spirit or our astral bodies, whatever we want to call it. If that's the catalyst and then this AI, maybe it's going to, to deal with that. Maybe this event horizon, maybe there's going to be a natural disaster. Cause I forget, I saw some other data somewhere. I think I've talked about it. I don't remember what the data is, but I know the thought I had on it was something's going to happen, and then the solution is going to be the human race can survive if we upload our consciousness to the cloud. Join us. Click, 
it's going to be like we have no choice. Um, and I know that was a plot to a, a popular TV show as well um, to, to allow the race to go on. Let's upload to the cloud and exist out in cyberspace. Uh, I get it. I don't know. I, I, I think that I think what we're looking at with that is, as David Icke calls it, is problem, reaction, solution, which is why I think we need to learn right now to escape the matrix on our own through consciousness, to understand, as Bob Monroe says, I am more than a physical body. If we understand that when we die, we go on. We still may be projecting into another level of the matrix. We may not go to freedom after this physical body ceases to function anymore, but we go to another reality Whereas I think if we intentionally connect our consciousness to the cloud to escape where they put, and then they put our physical bodies into some kind of cryogenic freezing tank, whatever, I think at that point we're putting ourselves a level deeper. We're going into like solitary confinement times who knows how many levels deep we are. So even if a worst case scenario happens, like, hey, we're all going to die. Unless you upload to the cloud, then your mind can survive. Well, if we know our, our consciousness can survive, we may not feel the need to fall into that, what I think is a trap. That's what I'm trying to say here. Man, my chest is on fire right now as I'm having this conversation. I think that means something, my friends. So, uh, man, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one? Feel free to reach out. Let me know. Um, it's a complex matrix we live in. And, and, you know, this. I think this works a lot like just my, my counterintelligence brain. There's agents, there's double agents, there's double-double agents, everything. Just nothing's what it seems. And then when you think you figured it out, ask yourself, is this real? How could this be fake? And, and start dissecting that. And you just, it's a dizzying loop. Uh, I realized I, f I didn't get to the news yet, and there's a couple interesting things I want to share. So I I'm doing things a little backwards tonight, but I want to go through those. You know, but first I want to I want to pause for a minute. Maybe it's the perfect time to say this. I shared a meme. Where did I get this meme from? Um, looks like it's a site on Facebook called Ascend, and it's a picture of Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and they're sitting on a dock looking out at the water. And Charlie Brown makes that popular saying, "We only live once." And Snoopy's sitting next to him, and he says, Wrong! We only die once. We live every day. That's inspiring. Uh, and this is a lot of stuff. It reminds me of the stuff Ray Davis puts out there. Remember that. You don't only live once. Every day you are alive. You know, my friend's father died um, about a week and a half ago. I was at the funeral last weekend. And during the memorial service... He shared stories of his dad, and he says, one of the things I'm going to take away from my dad was that every day was an adventure. And I'm going to try to live my life that way, is what my, my best friend was telling me. And I have that idea in my head. I don't live by it yet, but I think that's a fascinating thing. Every day is an adventure. Every day is an opportunity to learn something, to do something wonderful. Are you taking advantage? Are you living every day? Or are you just going through life saying, we only die once. I'll wait till the weekend. I'll get drunk. And then I got to go back to work on Monday. You know, I, I, I want to say we only got one shot at this life. But every day is, a, is an opportunity to reinvent yourself. To go 
after your dream. If you want to use this doom and gloom stuff I talked about last week, maybe we have three or four years. And I know I did kind of a meditation on this uh, maybe a year ago. Imagine the world's ending tomorrow. Imagine the world's ending in a year. Imagine the world's ending in 10 years. What are your regrets? Go do something so you don't have those regrets. Live your life. Make the most of it. If the worst-case scenario is true, and we're all slaves to the archons, make the most of it. If the worst-case scenario is not true, make the most of it. Either way, you're going to have a kick-ass time, even if that end comes and is terrible. You can look back and say, I lived. Another quote here, William Wallace, Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Every man dies. Not every man or woman truly lives. There you go, friends. There's my, there's my motivation. Ray Davis, you're, uh, you're rubbing off on me, buddy, with your, uh, your affirmations. All right. I want to run through some news stories real quick. I'll have them linked at the show notes at SixCentsMedia.net. I'll have them in the secret newsletter as well. Uh, quick commercial. If you haven't done so already, SixCentsMedia.net slash I Am Human. Sign up for the free ebook I Am Human. We are not who we think we are. It's a great book for truth seekers. Anybody questioning this reality, it, it, it really is a great starting point, and it's your, a great intro to Food for the Archons, which I'm working as hard as I can to get that book out there to all of you. All right, back to the news. This one comes to us from themindunleashed.com. Popular DNA testing company admits to sharing genetic, genetic data with the FBI. If you're like millions of others across the United States, you may have considered buying a DNA genetic analyst test. The offer is tempting for under $100. You can potentially unearth new details about your ancestry, distant relatives, and diverse ethnic background from the comfort of your own home. According to some advertisements, lives have been changed and families reunited thanks to the service being sold by 23andMe, Ancestry.com, and consumer genetic testing companies. Yet while the temptation of trading a simple saliva sample for personalized genetic and health info may seem to be worth the cost, a recent report from BuzzFeed News has raised new concerns for civil liberties advocates. As it turns out, Houston, Texas-based Family Tree DNA, one of the most prominent private DNA testing companies, has given the FBI free license to share its genealogy database, granting feds virtually unlimited access to a treasure trove of genetic data for the purposes of solving violent crimes. Now, I've also read... Uh, that they partnered with Google as well. I think Google has access to that. It's an interesting connection. Somebody was recently telling me the person between 23 and me and the connection to Google, I think there was a marriage in there somewhere. It's this really weird uh, connection that it has. But again, my brain, you know, uh, naysayer Dennis, but it goes to Skynet. It goes to it's just the ability. If the machine is creating another virtual universe. It needs to gather all the data it possibly can. So if it has access to your DNA, it knows who you are. If, if it eventually, and I, all right, let's get really crazy. If time travel is connected to this at well, if it eventually develops the ability to have its nanotechnology out there to read and register your DNA, it's going to know who you are. It will then be able to register who you are and where you are at all times based on a nanotechnology awareness of you and your, your geolocation in reference to where you are on the planet or in the matrix. You with me so far? We already have that with cell phone technology. I look at 
you know, things like Waze technology and you've got users out there inputting data, multiple users inputting and then verifying data. So you're driving in Waze and it says, all right, there's a police officer sitting at this location and people can verify, hey, yep, there's a cop there. Cop's no longer there. You're giving the metadata, you're giving AI this treasure trove of information. So now we've already demonstrated that we're able to transfer consciousness uh, you know, we're able to transfer our consciousness and our awareness to other people's bodies, to other realities, to other timelines. Let's say now we're collecting this data. It's going to give whoever has access to that data the ability to know who's where, when they're there, based on where your cell phone is, based on what's being reported by Waze. Take the matrix scenario. The agent needs a weapon. The agent needs a police car. The agent needs whatever. It knows, thanks to Waze, that there's a cop sitting... I know this sounds crazy, guys. There's a cop sitting on this corner at this date and this time. Joe Schmo's coming this way. We need to stop him. We're going to access this guy's consciousness. We're going to inspire this cop to see that car driving by and pull this person over. Not because he's speeding, but because the Matrix is trying to alter the course of history. It could be that simple. We have the tools in our hands every single day. It knows where we are. I've talked to some of you out there who have completely unplugged from social media, Facebook, cell phones, all that stuff. This may be a real reason why time travel keeps coming up and coming up and coming up and coming up the more I look into this. Maybe there's a connection. Maybe within this matrix reality, we're giving it all the data that it needs. My phone's listening to me right now. It's sitting next to me here because I'm using it as a part of the show to look for information to communicate with people. Obviously, it's listening to me. It's gathering everything that I'm saying right now. Who knows, my friends? All right, spent enough time on this article. Let me move on to the next one. I'm running out of time here. This is from penlive.com. I live in Pennsylvania. This was posted. This is an older one, but it just came across my feed January 22nd. Pennsylvanians spotted UFOs 77 times in 2018. Did aliens visit your town? Pennsylvania is one of the most highly reported uh, states for UFO activity. It happens to be where I live. Um, I, I find that highly interesting. I had some great dialogue with some people on this website um, about people who people who weren't aware of the disclosure efforts. Some people who were, we were able to share some information. I got trolled a little bit. People saying "cite your sources," you know, in all caps and yelling at me. And uh, then when I cited my sources, I noticed some of them disappeared off their thread and erased their comments on it. So, uh, victory for us here at Six Sense Media for doing our homework, being able to reference and, and source things and talk about stuff that's uh, deemed credible. I'm sorry, I'm tooting my own horn here, but interesting. We're seeing UFOs more and more in the mainstream, my friends. Why? Because they're there. They exist. And uh, I don't know. It's going. Uh, I have an article here. Uh, I'm, let's see, which one is this? This is from, again, collectiveevolution.com. Facebook records a crystal clear video of multiple multiple UFOs. Okay, I'm sorry. It was a Facebook user recorded uh, a crystal clear video of multiple UFOs. I'm going to share that link in the show notes. You could take a look at these UFOs and be the ultimate judge of what it is that they saw out there, my friends. We're seeing this more and more in our reality. I think that what the mainstream is telling us it's just a fraction of the story. I'm not going down that that rabbit hole right now. We've talked about that uh, extensively. But keep your eyes open. Keep your minds open. I'm excited when the mainstream shares stories of UFOs, and I get caught up in that excitement sometimes. Oh, my gosh, this is fascinating. I want to have that knee-jerk reaction. 
but I think it's more important to take a step back. I don't care from the first one to break a story. I don't. I'd rather take a step back, analyze that information, and then give you a more detailed, thoughtful analysis of here's how it fits. Great. I just told you what somebody else reported. A UFO is just... Go ahead. Go watch CNN and get that update. And then three, four days later, come listen to the Secret Podcast. Come look at what Ray Davis is putting out there and the pieces that we're connecting. I promise I don't mean this in a conceited way. This is just my philosophy and my approach and how I'm trying to do things here. And I've gotten sidetracked again, my friends. Stuff's happening. It's happening all around us. Um, I think it's getting harder and harder to not see it as opposed to putting the effort into trying to see it. Let's keep our eyes open. Send me the information as you get it if you think it's useful and helpful to the analysis that we're putting together. Um, you know, and, and let's keep it going. Um, I, I want to reference you back again, sixcentsmedia.net. Uh, on the drop-down menu, there's a store tab. Click on that. Check out the merchandise we have. Give us some feedback. There will be more coming online this week. Um, as Ray and I are building it, we're also working on organizing the store so it's not as, uh, as jumbled on there. Um, so more to come. It's only going to get better. Please be patient. But again, everything goes to support um, not just the Secret Podcast, but Sixth Sense Media um, you know, the affirmation spot, everything we're working on here, this platform, this community that we're trying to build. Um, and, and, the, and the takeaway from that is it's a way to spread the message without going out and picking a fight with somebody. Uh, and it's a way to connect with other like-minded truth seekers. And I think that is the, the biggest value that we can gain from that is seeing that shirt and then going up to somebody saying, hey, what's up, fellow truth seeker? Let's talk, let's connect, let's network, let's build a community now that we recognize each other out here. All right, friends, I'm out of time. I'm on three hours of sleep in the last 48 hours. I'm going to go pass out now. It's been a great show. Uh, my love to all of you out there. Don't forget to check us out at sixcentsmedia.net. Check out Ray Davis. His links to the affirmation spot are out there as well. Check out his book, Anunnaki Awakening. Get my free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. SixCentsMedia.net slash I Am Human. Click on the store tab as well at SixCentsMedia.net. Check out our merchandise. I'm Dennis Navi, the second amount of time, my friends. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Open mind. Thank you. <laughs>